0: We got one mission left, one game, and I, I expect and I know our boys to come out and give full effort this last game, a lot of pride. Last last game playing with some of their brothers, so I expect them to come out and play tough and be resilient through the whole game. I learned to stay off of Twitter. It's <laughs> the first thing you learn, okay? Second, I learned, you know, that you, you have to – Adapt to the conference, and and your team's got to kind of look like the team that you play every week. And you have to um, surround yourself with with people that understand or see it through your eyes and see it from the balcony and not the basement. The, The most enjoyable thing is the kids and the coaches and just the joy of being coming back to Lincoln, coming back to the University of Nebraska, and having this opportunity. To lead this program and I think the toughest thing is that we hadn't been able to get it done and, and finish the way I wanted was with wins that's been the toughest thing but it, but I wouldn't trade these memories for anything right now uh, I'm sure the kids feel the same way right now because we really we really connected I was able to do it my way I was able to keep it real Now, one time did I say next question to you guys not that I'm being respectful to you guys so and that's where I was raised and that's where I always been so, I really enjoyed this. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show.
1: Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your
2: host, David Gassers, and I'm with Honky. i uh, like to welcome Vegas Jer to the uh, Redcast tonight. He's sitting to my left here. He is... He's in Honky's basement, and he is a a full-fledged member of the Redcast tonight. Welcome, Vegas, Jerry. Hey,
3: thanks. Great to be here. Love the show, and uh, it's fun to finally be on it. Yeah.
2: Honorary
1: Redcaster. All right. (laughs) I thought that was Rob uh, a while ago, but here he is still.
4: (laughs) Redcast Rob's with us. Well, Honky, I hope that you let him out of your basement uh, fast (laughs) enough to You know, we do have to trip to Minnesota with him next year. So I'm looking forward to that. But I just want everyone knows I was I was in Nebraska for the game this weekend. And on my drive back, I stopped at a gas station in Kozad. And the gas station attendant told me that a woman who looks like Lance Leipold's aunt was there just a few weeks ago, warming up burritos in the microwave Mm. at his gas station, and that Urban Meyer is 100% guaranteed to be the coach. (laughs)
1: Well, one of those got a contract extension today. I don't know who. Uh,
4: also with boomer. Ex-
5: well, I'd just like to ask. I know Trev Alberts is probably a regular listener of the show, we assume. Um, if he could maybe just leak to our employers that the search firm's kind of looking into us to maybe take on a coaching duty. I could really use a raise. I mean, with cost of living increases being what they are. That would really <laughs> do me some good. So if you're listening, Trev, just let that leak out.
4: So. Isn't that what Scott Frost did? Take a coaching duty?
5: maybe <laughs> yeah
2: one way of putting it yeah, yeah.
4: oh boy rob that's that's awful
2: <laughs> i don't know what to say to well, that
5: maybe one. we can like vegas chair can replace red cast rob after
3: that.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. yeah yeah i mean he can't do any worse tried to replace early. me so many times i pretty much <laughs> had to extremely low myself. bar here vegas chair. i mean yeah. any, Steve, any I joke i just don't know how you do it and vicky would enough. be happy
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, you guys had a, a great show, live show on Friday, huh? Yeah, we, we the little tweet here of it, but uh, uh, the Hale Varsity Club there, uh, Mac joined us, and uh, it was just want to thank all the that people real. there again. I mean, yeah, I like, did. It, it was you a guys nice look like
1: professionals.
2: Yeah, I want to thank all the people that heard out again there that uh, and Hale Varsity Club to help us with all the setup. That was uh, uh, they did a great job there, and it was a lot of fun, and uh, we, we had a, a good turnout. It's it's a little tough on Friday nights in Omaha, um, but uh, I mean I think we probably had about 30 people out there that showed up for it, and uh, it was a really good opportunity to get to meet some, some Redcasters afterwards as well, so that was a, a lot of fun. Um, you know, I guess I'll just go right into some of the promos here, Dave. And and one of them is Absolutely. obviously the, the, the Hill Varsity. Uh, go to hillvarsity.com slash subscribe. Use Redcast and you can get 10% off your, your annual subscription. And then if you go to Hill Varsity Club, you can get 10% off your meal if you are a member, uh, a subscriber to the Hill Varsity. Uh, Alumni Hall, this was a big deal that we wanted to make mm-hmm. sure that people knew about was uh, we're really letting people know about the South point pavilion store behind Barnes and Noble. They have the new sign up there. So we put the, the new photo up there too. And, uh, we had Redcast Amy from the Husk girls. She even stopped by there uh, on her way out and she bought some alumni halls gear and everything and, and tagged us on a tweet. So, uh, uh, that was a lot of fun to see. And then, uh, the of course smack and smooch, uh, you know, we have our shirts and our koozies and all that good stuff. Uh, I, we ran out of shirts. All the shirts are gone. <laughs> we made a whole nother batch of them. They're gone, but, uh, I did have a couple extra koozies and I've given one to a uh, uh, Vegas chair here. So uh, that's a, that's a good thing. Which, which of the koozies went the fastest, Who, which, which uh, you know, is it, he doesn't make as many of them on the, the camouflage. And so there's camouflage one with the red cast logo on it. And those things like everyone wants those, but
4: well, uh, I didn't see those honky.
2: We've had, well, yeah. Cause... <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Are you doing? <laughs> God almighty. That's terrible. Oh. But yeah, we've had a, uh... Yeah, we you know we had the the white ones, the black ones, the that, uh, and then we even have we even have some of the tall boy ones. They went pretty fast too. Oh, so, uh nice. We like our tall boy. Are those series. for the
1: skinny cans for like the
2: seltzers? Yeah, yeah. Or, or the Bud Light next the zero carb ones that, that I was drinking. Mm, or bottles. Them. They
4: they work really well for bottles. They they do All not right. fit cans. I tried multiple times on Thursday night when we got there. Um, I'm really regretting Thursday night. I'm still feeling like <laughs> Thursday night. <sighs>
0: hey,
4: uh, just
1: before we go on to our Tweets of the Week, Conk, with uh, Alumni Hall, that was the South Point Pavilion location. So you and Rob were there? Right? No, I was there. I've been I've been hearing that
4: Rob was going to visit this location for at mm-hmm. least three months, I think. So I'm I did. excited to be finally made it. I did. And I got some, I actually picked up some... Um, cool stuff for my son. Cause he didn't have any Husker stuff that fit. Obviously all my stuff's too big. So I got him a new sweatshirt. I bought him a new hat. Um, and we spent some time in the store. The staff there was really, really nice, super accommodating. They gave us some prizes on oh, yeah. for Saturday, for Friday night. Um, we had some $25 gift cards that we gave away. They gave us some paraphernalia to give out, including this really cool hat that ended up getting traded at the end of the night by some people like from Mac's sister to Mac to, um one somebody else is there like watching so it was really cool um alumni hall they've been such a good partner for us um it, it's been really cool to have them around and um also i guess i could just go ahead and say that they are planning on extending um, their agreement with us through next season as well so we're That's we're really exciting. looking to cool. continue doing business with them because they right. are um, they just treat us really well and, yeah, broadcasters
2: definitely check yeah. out Alumni Hall for sure. And, and yeah, and they're time. on the
4: um they're on the south side of Barnes and Noble. So if you're facing the store, it's on the left on the right-hand side as you're walking towards your Lululemon stuff ladies, so pick up some stuff for yourself and your husbands.
1: <laughs> all right. All right, with uh directions there by Google Rob. Um let's uh <laughs> go on to the rest of the tweets of the week honk.
2: Absolutely. Well, as I said earlier, I want to welcome Vegas Jair here and I just I, I thought this was funny, uh, Jerry, because yeah. you had posted it this morning. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, Dan Walken apparently had blocked you. And, and uh, was it something you said? Do you, do you have any idea what you said? I have
3: no idea. I actually – Danny Cannell had tweeted something, and it was – one of his tweets, I'm like, why can't I see this? And I clicked on it I'm like, oh, I'm blocked by him. So I'm sure it was something during the pandemic that something had happened where he didn't want college football they played or something. And I probably spouted off. So
4: uh, either
3: that or I liked one of Rob's tweets, something like that.
4: Well, he well, it's funny true. because he blocked me when he tweeted out something about steroids. And it was like completely um, – tone deaf from him. And I was like, well, Dave, you know, anabolic steroid steroids aren't just used for gaining muscle. They're also used by athletes for faster recovery time. I was like, I learned that simply by using Google and, yeah. and, uh, it's, it's a badge he, of honor. and he blocked, and he blocked me. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's he, like, I would say he's Charmin soft, but that would be insulting to Charmin because he's much softer <laughs> than that.
2: Well, it's a badge of honor. And, and another badge of honor is that, uh, you said that we were the first podcast that you'd listen yeah. to and, and you dated it all the way back to the December 4th episode of yeah. 2017. Yeah. After we had hired Frost.
3: Yeah, I think it was the Tuesday after that. And I had literally never listened to a podcast and listened to you guys. And I, I do want to just say this I was going to say it at the intro, but I'll say it now. I do want to thank you guys because I know the last five years have not been fun, probably to do this a lot of time. But honestly, there are so many of us that look forward to listening to you guys. And it is mm. therapeutic for us to listen to Rob rant and get mad and <laughs> break down things and stuff. But I really do mean that. And not just that it's introduced me to so many people through your mm. podcast, whether it's Jim in Minnesota or just other people that, you know, the Big Ten guys, mm. the eyes on Big Ten guys. Mm. I've just met so many people and it's all because I started following you guys on Twitter, listening to you guys and stuff like that. So it, it is just an awesome honor to be here. And you guys just do such a great job. So thank you so much. And no matter how dark it gets, please keep making these podcasts because we need them.
4: <laughs> well,
2: I think you just segued us perfectly into the next tweet yeah. of the week. And this came from Jack Mitchell. And he goes, starting seven years ago today what were the top five happiest moments for Husker basketball and football fans? What if you restrict it to only games? And I, and when I saw that, yeah. and that, he sent that out this morning, when I saw that, I immediately thought of that really kind of coincides with the timeline of what we've been doing, which is part of the reason why it's been so hard to right. do it is that, you know, I remember on day one talking with Dave about it and Dave's like, well, we're going to be a football and a basketball and, you know, we'll do some baseball and maybe we'll hit a few other mm-hmm. things, but kind of primarily that. And when you think about Mm -hmm. how historically bad we've been over the last six years of doing this, but um, he said off the top of his head, his top five moments, uh, he said 2016 Mm -hmm. football versus Oregon, the home win. 2018 football against uh, Michigan State, so that nine yep. six snow game. Snow yep. game. Um, Mac came down here and we were watching in the hot, hot tub, and it yeah. was snowing on us. It. So it was it was really romantic, yeah. if, if uh, you know, if you're sitting with your buddy in a hot tub. Is that romantic? I guess uh, the final miles year <laughs> comeback versus Iowa, final miles year Big Ten tourney, and then last year spoiling Wisconsin hoops senior day. Uh, I I'll start with just one of them that I had, and maybe we can go around the table and get Jer's uh, thoughts here too. I, I responded to Jack that I thought one day that actually is an example of both a happiest and a saddest moment was 2019 in Boulder, uh, the Colorado game. Oh. It was from a happiest moment that turnout, that crowd, anyone that was there, and Dave and and Rob and it was were were there, were there with me. It was just amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, we walked, we went to this one hotel tailgating area that I would guess in a normal. Colorado game day would probably be at least 50% Colorado fans if not more I would assume there had to be a couple thousand people there I saw one person one wearing gold and he and he walked right by me and he had the phone up to his ear and he goes I can't find a single G damn (laughs) uh, Colorado fan here and he's yelling at the phone and I just loved it I mean so it was this amazing just top five Husker fan experience for me and then we have the collapse of the 17 point you know second half so it was like happiest and saddest in the same time uh dave maybe i'll go to you and and you don't have to give five even if you can just give one or two you know what are some of your, your happiest moments that you've done since we've basically started the show <sighs> specific to football and men's basketball <laughs> <laughs> you can't say like a volleyball championship it doesn't, that doesn't Damn it. <laughs> uh,
1: that's interesting the one i was thinking of but it happened before we would have done it would have been and it's i guess you know where, where do you draw this line seven years plus yeah, he said minus, seven years but, so
2: that would be a year before we started uh,
1: yeah so the the year that we we upset michigan state would have been riley's first year Dude.
2: right that would have been
1: 2015 i guess yep which is technically i guess seven or eight seasons ago that i mean i was at that one and that was a lot of fun obviously and there was some hope at, at that point um Boy, after that, though, you're right. I mean, yeah, the Oregon game comes to mind as one that that was I was at that game, too. So, um, yeah, you
2: guys brought the RV down from from Colorado. Yeah, for that game. that's that was, right. That was a fun yeah. weekend.
1: Yeah, I would say that, you know, the, you know, Frost's first actual game. Now, there's always a what if my wife was just, at, you know, saying, what if we beat Akron? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what if we actually played that game? Uh, what would have happened, right? You know, would we have blown that one too? And, and yeah, Adrian we could have lost or or... Dave if anything was, you know.
5: <laughs> you know
4: this whole, Dang it, it. Homer, yeah. that, the that the dark Boomer. The world is so dark, Boomer here. Yeah. But,
1: but the Colorado game, the first game, even though we lost the game, there was that kind of second and third quarter where the offense kind of blew up and Adrian had that great run and you're like, you, you're like oh, this is going to be the offenses. This is going to yeah. work. That was an exciting moment because it was like, it's going to happen right away, right? We're all excited. And then we couldn't win in the fourth quarter, which
3: seemed strange at the time, but now totally expected. Yeah, Dave, I was telling him before we got on here, that moment when he ran that ball, I was convinced Adrian would win a Heisman here. Yeah. I I just thought that it was- He shook that one guy. Yeah, I just was so impressed with him that game. He obviously got injured at the end of the game, but I just remember him running and thinking- he's going to win on Heisman here. He's that mm-hmm. good. Uh,
2: Redcasters, we'd love to get your thoughts too. Feel free to throw them in the comments and, and we can post them there. Uh, Boomer, how about you?
5: Oh, gosh, there's so many to choose from. It's like a veritable <laughs> buffet here. Uh, well, I think one fun game in kind of a weird time, I think just kind of because of what year it was and the things that were going on was the 2020 game when they beat Penn State and kind of an unexpected mm-hmm. win and that was just a, Weird time for everybody with you know, the pandemic going on and the questions of are we even going to play football at all? Are we not? The Big Ten looked like they were canceling it, and then it came back, and then you know, all of those difficulties, all that, the, the tough times before the season even started. And then we played football. We had to play Ohio state right out of the gate, Wisconsin canceled. And that was kind of tough. And then to actually beat Penn state, you know, who's at least a name, it's a blue blood. It was fun. And then we had a little bit of confidence, at least for a week until we played Illinois the next week, but forget that part. We're just talking about the good times. And that was okay. I kind of <laughs> enjoyed it. It was fun. So.
2: Hey, Rob, how about you?
4: Um, the, like one of the probably for me the most one of the most exciting games that I can think of, when Maurice Washington broke around the left side in Boulder and ran the ball, I, I can't remember how long that run was, but it About seemed like he ran order. the, the distance of the field. Yards. Right when he when he did that, and we were where we were down there in that uh, south end zone, right there on the corner, right behind him, basically watching him run down that sideline the whole way. You could tell he was going to make it. I've never been as happy as I was at that moment as a Husker fan. <laughs> the saddest I've ever, I think the saddest, the worst moment for me was when, Five we, minutes pulled, later? <laughs> when we pulled the water boy off the bench for that last field goal. Oh
3: man. Oh, <laughs> yeah, in overtime.
4: Yeah. Cause I was standing next to, D- I think I was like, I was watching Dave and Dave, who were you standing with? I can't remember. Who you are standing with a skip, I think. Yeah. I'm and you guys were me. like a few rows down below me and like they, and I'm Rocky. pretty sure you started walking out of the stadium as that guy came onto the field. Cause you're like, there's no way he's making this like, and I was just, and I was sitting there uh, with actually one of my coworkers, husbands, who's a, who's a Nebraska fan. And, and, uh, and I looked at him and he looked at me and he was just like, he goes, I could make this. And then the ball, I think, I can't remember what happened. That ball have, like it, fell short, went right, landed in the end zone. And I was, uh, I've never yeah, been so sad in everywhere my but life. in. And like, look, and then like the one, the one buff fan that was there was like talking trash to everybody on his way out the door. It was terrible.
1: There was more than one, Rob. But yes, you're okay. Yeah, he brought his family with
2: him. Well, how about you, uh, Gary? Yeah,
3: it's when no question for me what it'd be uh, would be last year, the last minute and a half of the third quarter of the Michigan game Mm. when we tied it up and then took the lead, and then the red light show right after that. That's Mm. the loudest I've ever heard Memorial Stadium. It was incredible, Mm. and I. I thought we have made it. Frost is over the hump and we're going to win this game. And we lost that. And then we lost Minnesota. And that was that. Well,
2: isn't this interesting that, you know, my response to Jack was a a game that we lost, but finding a great moment in a, in a bad day, you just did the same thing. A great moment was what Memorial stadium felt like when that happened, you know, hell I was at Oklahoma a year ago at Norman. And there were moments where, where you could feel the Sooner fans going, oh gosh, we Mm -hmm. might lose. And and there's a loud Go Big Red chant coming from the the fan base and everything. And those are some of the moments. And then you know we'd go on to lose those games, but those moments meant something. And a a lot of them, the positives are coming out of what the fan base is and what the Mm -hmm. fan base has done. And I guess this kind of leads us right to the next tweet, and it's something we don't have to talk a lot about. But I thought this was so interesting. Last week, they showed video – of the Texas A&M game in the third quarter. And I don't know how well you can see it here on the screen, but, like, if I said it was 95% empty, it was 95% empty. And that was for a team with a 3-7 and record, the same record that we have. And so we tweeted out at the time, go ahead, make fun of the legitimacy of in-you sell-out streak all you want. Meanwhile, in College Station, with the exact same record, uh, look at what they have there, take a bow, Husker Nation. And And they were playing UMass, too. (laughs)
5: <laughs> they were and they, they were, were struggling uh, with UMass so the
2: SEC the SEC, the SEC scheduling has not helped them out when yeah. it comes to November with, with the fans and the stands you know. but I just thought that that was an interesting one because that's so much of what have still been great the mm-hmm. last six and seven years even when we're not winning, the fan base still—it's those memories and the yeah. and the camaraderie and the and just some of the game time environments, the sure. the, the the light show that you're talking yeah. about. You know, I was at the Northwestern game the week before, yeah, and that was the first thunderstruck. And yeah, those are just those are some of the great moments. And and shit, we'll take the good moments when we can take them because you know it, it hasn't been because of the wins, and so um, you know that that is worth it. Uh, the next tweet, I want to show you this, Dave. What have I always said about running the football? You, got, you If you run the football, you're going to win football games, right? That's right. Well, uh, Jim in Minnesota <laughs> found a couple of – I've got a couple tweets here, and this is, this is amazing. Um, number one, he goes, they say to win the Big Ten, you have to run the ball and stop the run. Minnesota has lost Iowa two years in a row despite these rushing numbers. Minnesota had 501 rushing yards, 5.1-yard average. Iowa had 130 rushing yards, 2.45-yards uh, average. Uh, Minnesota doubled them in each category and they still lost crazy. And then this one from the uh, Ole Miss and Arkansas game last week, where Arkansas had total control over the game the entire time. This is crazy. I had to read it twice. The rebels had two 200 yard rushers uh, and they still trailed by 36 points at one point. And the right column here is the, the stats of the game. They had a quarterback who threw for 240 yards. Two running backs that ran for 214 and 207, and they had a hundred and forty yard receiver and they still got just pummeled. So yeah, I yeah, I don't right. know. So do I mean <laughs> I would
1: you know, I guess Boomer, I, I would say that if I saw a more complete box score there, I'd probably see turnovers. Yeah, um, and have. I'd also yeah. see inefficient offense in the sense of the yards per point statistics yes. we like to go back to because they is, probably had empty drives or, yes, or turn the ball correct, over yeah. on short yep. fields
5: yep. if we looked at the say the minnesota iowa game uh we had minnesota missing a field goal then twice in that fourth quarter driving down and turning the ball over inside the red zone on you know giving it right back to iowa you know even being able to move the ball consistently on them and all Miss was the same way i think they ended up with three turnovers in that game they had Two touchdowns in the first half called back because of penalties and missed a field goal. So that's exactly it. I mean, yardage is great, but it's, you know, kind of those empty calories. If you're not converting those into points, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good. And that's how you can win games with a really pedestrian offense in the case of Iowa. Yeah. Pedestrians be yeah, nice. No. I mean, this is more than pedestrian there. <laughs> but,
1: Boomer, this you know. reminds me of uh, this morning's uh, Argentina versus Saudi Arabia. Uh, match in the World Cup, where Argentina has three goals wiped off because of offsides penalties, and they end up uh, giving two goals to the uh, Saudis in the second half and, and lose the game, they dominated the first half, should have won the game easily, um, and, and didn't execute, right, Hockey? I mean, you're probably I, thinking exactly. the same thing,
5: right? If I there's really any more of a, of a plucky world underdog cup. country to root for, it's Saudi Arabia, right? I, mean,
2: <laughs> I, I thought this was a world <laughs> this cup, poor, crappy fellows. There, I'm not
4: allowed to talk about the Raiders, but Dave can talk about <laughs> soccer on our <laughs> podcast I, I like, for, for a a humor.
2: I think global audience here, we're trying to, but what you said there is absolutely perfect, though, about it's the efficiency, it's the yard. Yards per per uh, point, and it's empty drives, and sometimes it's field position. Right, Iowa gets the ball because of good defense and good special teams. They get the ball at the thirty, the other team's thirty, and they only have to go a few yards to at least kick a field goal. Meanwhile, we talked about Abraham. Yeah. I mean, what a runner! I mean, guy had forty carries against Iowa. Yeah. I mean, great running back, but he fu- he fumbles yeah. one time out of yeah. how? M- what did you say he was? Yeah, I
3: mean. They dominated that game. I mean, I live in Minnesota and I watched that whole game, and Minnesota just outclassed them in every area. But I don't like them at all. But PJ was right before the game. He said, Whoever makes the first catastrophic mistake is going to lose this game. And they made two of them, and it cost them the game. They
2: had no business yeah. losing that game. And, and when you have to go 80 yards for yep. a touchdown and go 14 yep. plays, you're probably going to make that one mistake eventually. And that's, that's to Boomer's point, you know, about you eventually make the mistake or, you know, if you miss a kick. But Dave.
1: You know, that's what was so frustrating at the end of the Nebraska-Wisconsin game. Obviously, you can point to um, the offense not getting a – just even one more first down might have been enough to drain that clock enough, considering Wisconsin couldn't really throw the ball effectively at all. Um, if we would just pick up one more first down, they would have had us call some timeouts and 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 we would have potentially been able to stop them. But even with us having to – the punt when we did the punt ended up sucking. They got it at the 50 yeah. yard line. We gave them a 50 yard field with three minutes, one more first down or a better punt. And we possibly win that game because it yeah. would just, would have been that much harder for them to go that distance because they were trying to run the ball
3: into the wind. And yeah, I understand wind what wind Mickey that had said, quarter. but I don't, I do not understand why we did. We gave them the wind in the fourth, the fourth quarter. It's just that that yeah. was one decision. I did not make sense to me because Bushini, the punt was a good punt, but it was just dead into the teeth of that wind. It just knocked it straight down. And
1: Well, we needed an it, Aussie Rules punter. That's what we needed, Jared.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, or we needed one to go to the left, you know. We've yeah. always been really good on that punt to the left. Oh, sure.
2: <laughs> well, and, you know, we had the first down on the one drive. We had the first down that started with uh, – Thompson rolling out mm-hmm. to the left, a little run pass option. He kept it, ran it for seven yards. I was like, okay, good. That's now you're in second three. Let's keep him on the move. They we saw some some legs being used with Thompson, the most we've seen really all year, specifically with with Whipple calling it. And what killed that that final drive of ours was a second down sack in the pocket. Shocker, right? We can blame the line, we can blame whoever. I don't care. There's just a point where, and I think we've said this eighteen thousand times this year. What point you just rip out a certain part of the playbook that just doesn't seem to ever get you anywhere, and uh, the, it seems like the more times we're in the pocket, the worse. But but the the last part of that being efficient and scoring points, Boomer mentioned was missing a field goal, and uh, I want I think that will take us to um, this next tweet of the week, and it is from Nebraska high school football last night. Uh, Tristan Alvano uh, from Omaha West Side, who just had an amazing game. I don't know how many of you guys. I know Jerry, you yeah, watched, I watched it. it. I mean, he went five for five, mm-hmm. including making this last second 40-some yard 40 Forty-five goal, yards. Forty-five yard. I mean, he, he made him by by 50. I mean, he has a huge oh, leg. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he goes at, uh, after the game uh, with Mickey Joseph. Uh, I'm extremely blessed to announce I've been re-offered because he had a, a preferred walk-on. Now he has a full scholarship offer to the University of Nebraska. More than well-deserved. And it forced me awesome. to have to update our in-state recruiting graphic. And so now... Uh, I had to take the two guys that we didn't get off of this list that, you know, even though we had offered the Oklahoma and the Iowa state kid, we had to take them off the list. So that was two kids that we offered in state. Here's eight guys that we have offered in state. Six of them have been committed. We're still waiting on Mason Goldman from Gretna. And now this Tristan Alvano from Omaha Westside is a kicker. That's 10 in-state kids that we've offered in this cycle. Um, It absolutely should have been 11. Anyone that saw floors last night. um, And I, I've I've heard more than enough to hear that uh, I think Joseph uh, would extend that or tried to to go back and damage yeah. control but couldn't so that's eleven yeah. there was a there's a couple of other players in state even that we haven't offered the talent is there that's why we've always I, I think I may stop doing this graphic in the future Dave because I did it for a while just to try to in, you know inform people You're there is out of space. yeah well that was the thing it used to be Nebraska doesn't have talent stop talking about in state recruiting. Look at this thing. Look at next year already. Six kids there. One of them, Caleb Benning, who had a big game last oh, no. night. And then three there from 2025 and, and the 2026 kids. So um, it's just to show that for the 18th, umpteenth million time here, we have talent. Uh, I think it's one of the things that um, I don't want to see get blown up with whatever's going to happen with the coaching search. I don't want to see that the momentum that's been made in state here blow up. And I think that Joseph is an important part of this. And maybe so much so, Dave, that this could be our last tweet of the week and get us into our final discussion point. And now, scarlet colored glasses. Lars Anderson, he's caught a little bit of got caught a little bit of crap here on uh, social media here the last day. But he goes, I think, don't know, think Mickey Joseph is gonna get a Nebraska job. Uh, could be wrong because Trev has done such a great job of keeping it tight-lipped, but one of my best sources is telling me it's Mickey if it happens. Don't be surprised if his brother joins a new staff. And uh, we, we retrieved this Husker nut. We said, is your source Nebraska AD Ed Stewart? Because I, I believe that <laughs> yeah. was that was one of the – he was going to be the AD, according to Lars, a few years ago. Uh, oh, yeah. Guaranteed, Chatlin. yeah. Yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> well, Dirk Chatlin also had free tip, if your source is repeatedly wrong, find a new source. Um, Dave, this is where I'm going to hand it over to you, because you, you can run this better than I can, the, the coaching talk. But, look, I mean, if it's Mickey Joseph – I, I, no complaints from here. Okay. So this is not a discussion about Lars thinking it's for me. or not. Yeah. For me, it, I have no issue with that. Right. It's more just the, uh, I think it's still wide open. I, I nobody knows any more right now than we, than we did a week ago, other than probably some names that started to come off the list. And maybe that's, a, a we think point.
1: we don't know what we think. Right. We yeah. think,
2: right. So go for uh, it, Dave.
1: So, well, back to Lars actually, because I thought another, um, if you could bring that back up, actually. Sure was um, he actually had a, a follow-up tweet, Boomer, I don't know if you saw that, but he was like, imagine next year with Mickey as head coach, Vance Joseph as the D coordinator, and Eric Biennemi as the offensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, what are yeah. you smoking, Lars? Why would he
3: <laughs> have was that? Eric Why? Why Well, you, you know, you're, you're, you're getting up for that now. You know, yes.
5: <laughs> things like, you know the Chiefs offense and Mahomes, you, you hate that drag and the Super Bowls and stuff. You, you need a new challenge. So why wouldn't he come here for probably similar or less money? I mean, come on. You know. Right. Yeah. I mean, anyone can put like random things together. I, I think it was Caleb Henry put together and, you know, he contemplated like Vince Lombardi and, you know, Tom Osborne and somebody else coaching, you know, imagine <laughs> that staff. It's just, yeah. I don't just throw names out and uh, throw names out there. It's fun to speculate and goofiness, but, you know, if you want to be at all vaguely yeah. really serious about it, you can do better than that. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, message board geniuses is the best for this type of stuff, right? Because I one of them had like that that to to is coming back and was going to mentor Mickey in the in the role for <laughs> yeah. three years. Yeah, I'm like, who makes yeah. this stuff up, man? Um, <laughs> it's not even good. At
5: that point, yeah. no,
1: no, we've obviously gone off the deep end, um, and it's it's a bit ridiculous. I mean, I would say that Trev has kept this button up really well, which um, I would. I guess say is a positive um, unless no one gets announced here (laughs) for the next couple of weeks. And then we really start to freak out, but um, it's been uh, impressive. And and in that vacuum, everybody's just come up with a bunch of random names, including Redcast, right? We've done it ourselves. We uh, did the uh, Redcast draft where we randomly put like 50 names on a board um, and uh, just started picking them. um, And, We've done a horrible job of actually keeping track. We actually uh, had a, a graphic. And then I tried to – is this the one you had, Boomer?
5: Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But then then I was like, oh, I'm going to update it. But then I have to go back and listen to our old shows, which is a big pain in the, in the butt. So um, I, uh, I I recreated some of it, and I threw some extra ones on Honky. I wanted to make sure you got Craig Bull on there, Honk. I know you're a big fan of Craig, um, as well as Will Muschamp in, in Bronco. Um, and I'm sure we're missing some some names here that we, we called out. But uh, the point is, is there's um, a never ending list of, of names at this point. And uh, Boomer, can you run through who has gotten a contract extension in the last 24 hours?
5: Well, I know for sure Caitlin uh, DeBoer from uh, Washington got one, and just before we went on, uh, Lance Leipold uh, was uh, said he was, or he's gotten an extension as well. That I don't have the details on that right now. It would just come out. Uh, Pete Thamel had just been tweeting on that, and that was yeah. tied in with a bunch of uh, promised infrastructure improvements and whatnot at Kansas. So it sounds like they're really trying to invest in their football program for what it's worth. So, mm. supposedly
1: three hundred million dollars. Um, yes. I imagine they haven't actually secured that money; they're just saying it's going it's to be easy to promise. Busy. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then maybe a little bit further back, Mark Stoops at Kentucky also. Oh, got yes, Mark Stoops. Stoops forgot extension. about him earlier this week. Yep. So he um, got
5: a very nice race for being a 500 program in Kentucky.
1: Yeah, six right. and five this year, and he just got a bump to 8.6 million. So yeah, He's
5: doing all right. Yeah, yeah. I, I it did is, not it win the SEC two for eight million. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So before we dive into some of these most the freshest names, I guess, uh, maybe a, a couple of discussion points. And Vegas, Jerry, you're the, the guest, so I'll throw this question to you. I've heard on sports radio a couple times in the last day or two um, this idea that, well, you know, this was a, a lost season. Trev should have fired Scott Frost last year. Um, do you agree with that? Um, What's your viewpoint?
3: No, I mean, I was, I was one of the last ones to come off the Frost bandwagon. So, um, I I definitely thought Frost deserved another year. Um, Man, it just—it's so hard to understand the Frost era. We were so close in so many games, and I, you know, I hear a lot of people saying like, "Oh, this team is fighting for Mickey." The fight was never the problem under Frost. I mean, they fought hard. We just—it was the back-breaking mistakes. So. Yeah. I mean, we were in every game last year, it seemed like. So I think Frost had earned the right, I I don't know if earned the right, but he deserved in the extra time. You know, he obviously had some things he had to go out and do based off of what Trev said, some expectations and stuff like that. And now it sounds like, if I remember right, he had to make a bowl game. I think that was part of the, the deal, which I think is fair. I think if he wouldn't have made a bowl game this year, he would need to be gone and that wasn't going to happen with the start he had. So I, I I was totally on board with him coming back and, I'm not just – I'm not sure who you would have gotten last year that right now we'd be sitting here thankful that we had them and didn't have Frost, right? Like who would we have hired last year that was available, you know? And there were some pretty good jobs that were open last year that we would have been competing with too. So that's part of it. So I I think the way it turned out – I mean, I wish Frost would have succeeded. I really do. But I think Trev letting him go when he did actually was probably better than if he would have let him go last year it gave him a longer runway to go out and interview more people. And I think I really do trust Mm. Trev, whoever he hires. I think he's going to have done the right thing, but yeah, I think Frost deserves the extension. I I
1: think you hit on a lot of points. I wanted, wanted us to touch on there, Jerry. So, I mean, you're exactly right in the sense of a, it helped galvanize the fan base a a little bit this year. It was more definitive. There was less folks still on the, on the Frost side of the argument after that Georgia Southern game for sure. And it, it, you know, I mean, you
2: when did Trev get hired? Uh, he got hired in the summer of like yeah. July of 2021.
1: So, I mean, it, it definitely gave him a longer runway uh, to actually really be ready for this coaching search. Um, and you, you can argue that he, he could have waited two more weeks. There's another thing that people have been talking about um, and, and save some money. Right. And I would go ahead. Honk.
2: Well, I, I think that was a great point. That, and that was in a text that you had sent tonight, Dave was that mm-hmm. for any concerns about the money, you know, what will Nebraska be willing to pay? Um, we were willing to pay $7.5 million more for somebody to leave two weeks early. And as you yeah. said, Dave, that equates to almost $2 million a year over a four-year contract. If we're willing to do that, I, money isn't going to be a concern moving forward. I, yeah. One of my questions is, it, now that we're starting to hear these names coming out of people that have signed their extensions – we can look at that a couple ways. One way is, oh wow, that's another guy we lost out on, right? Yeah, we lost on him.
1: We off we is, offered killing Deboer, obviously. Now,
2: yeah, we, we clearly <laughs> we've clearly offered all these guys. Lance right? turned us down. Um, is it possible that the hire is already made or already secured? And is it possible with Nebraska already having our own hire made, even if it's not been publicly stated yet? Does that start to move the, the needle with other people the a Leopold, as an example, that would have been somebody that was yeah. a, a realistic, yeah. you know, his name came up a lot. I'm just throwing it out there. Have we made a hire or is it, is it known at least within the back channels that, that, that we've got our guy and it's going to be announced here. And all also, yep, I'm going to go take my, my extension now. with Kansas. Those
1: two in particular seem to be very viable candidates because both of them, Kalen DeBoer from Sioux Falls and had expressed, um in the past verbally said, hey Nebraska is kind of a dream job for me um and then and Lance Lightpool obviously with Nebraska connections and with Wisconsin generally off the board seemed like that would have been a very logical thing so I I, I hear what you're saying honk you know I think the the money thing is interesting to me just in the sense of like if if we end up hearing that that but let's hypothetically say that Trev has done this very meticulous search uh, that all his analytics had the search firm, vet people, all this type of stuff. And he's selected the guy, right? It's, it's Kalen DeBoer at university of Washington for whatever reason. Um, And then we hear that he ended up um, not offering Kalen DeBoer because the buyout at Washington was too much or something like that. I would just call BS on that because if, if that's, what ends up dictating who we get that's that's ridiculous i mean that's i mean this fan base deserves more than saying that we had to go on the cheap because we spent too much money on other coaching buyouts right because the value of getting a good coach is so high at this point
2: well and isn't that also against the whole entire point of having a two and a half month search is that you know at the end of two and a half months you figure out that oh there's a big buyout like that's that's look if nothing else, what we want to see as opposed to the 40 day search that Peterson had, where just, you know, planes were being left and, you know, coming coming back from Arkansas, you know, without it without a coach on him where it was just one embarrassment after another. Look, I understand that it's frustrating right now because we, as fans, we just don't know anything yet, but that also kind of shows that Trev's running this. Hopefully if everything's going right, he's running it pretty well. Nobody knows anything. And, it, and, and, what I anticipate is going to happen is at the time that he wants to make the announcement, he's going to come out, have his announcement made. It's going to be the guy that he wants to have it. And he's going to be able to explain why it's that guy. And if all those things happen, then, I mean, to me, it feels like a pretty well-run search. If it's, if it's the, you know, the worst case scenario would be something like that, that starts to come out that we're going after somebody Mm -hmm. and for, for reasons like buyouts or just, you know, somebody played us and, and, you know, that's, that's what we can't have happen yeah. right now. We need we need to, to have a sure thing with with whoever it is that Trev's been able to vet through over the last seventy days. Yeah,
1: there could be folks who listen to this show that have heard in the last week that essentially Matt Rule turned turned us down, that Mark Stoops turned us down, that Lance Live pulled and Kalen DeBoer, right? And and some people will believe that, and mm. I I won't right. I mean, there's a chance that someone has turned us down. It's it's possible. Um, but I mean, just because someone gets an extension or is suddenly not, not interested, it, it, there's a lot of factors that go into that boomer. A, another thing that I think has been valuable about waiting till this year is, is data points. Right. I mean, like Lance it's pulled supposedly now off the list because he has an extension. Um, God knows it's never happened where a coach signs an extension and still leaves. <laughs> it's, it's happened. <laughs> folks. Um, but, uh, you know, Lance Leipold wouldn't have been on, on our radar last year because he only won two or three games. It wouldn't, it wouldn't. I mean, the odds of Trev hiring Lance Leipold would have been minimal last year. Kalen DeBoer was at Fresno State. Not to say that he couldn't have been on a list last year, but it's a lot more palatable to hire the University of Washington's head coach than Fresno State's. Right. Um. And, and Jared mentioned that. I mean, there is a lot of big openings out last year. Right. USC and LSU. Um, And then Notre Dame, ultimately, Um, I I think, yeah, Oklahoma, good point. I think we're probably at a a better point from a from a data and a competition standpoint this year to understand uh, who are some of the best candidates out there. Your thoughts on that?
5: Yeah, there's some truth to that. You know, I think the first thing, you know, when it came to not making the change last year, it's kind of what Vegas year mentioned. Frost still had enough support, I think, among the fan base if he would have fired him, you know. It's easy to say, yeah, they should have fired him now, but you know, three years into the or three games of the season, yeah, it was obvious. But at the end of last season it wasn't. And that would have been a very divisive move by the fan, but you know, among the fans, and that would have been tough. Made it really hard for Trev to sell whatever move he made. As far as the data points go, yeah, it does allow you to, you know, uh get more data points on people. Um again, it also ultimately depends who you hire. You know, because who knows, are you gonna hire somebody that you're not getting any new data points are? You know, we've heard names like Bronco Mendenhall. Well, he's not coaching. You're not. You're not getting any more data points on somebody like him at this point. Um,
1: yeah, and, and, well, you could be interviewing him at least, yeah, and finding out he actually wants to coach.
5: Yeah, or you know, it does possibly give it a chance to miss out on an up and comer like a Caitlin DeBoer. You know, if he was at Fresno and on a list, you know, maybe you make that hire. But now he's at Washington, getting extensions there. I don't know. So there's pluses and minuses to it. Again, it depends on how you want to go about your search and who you ultimately hire, which, you know, seems cliche and obvious, but that's how it, how it works. Yeah. And
3: the yeah. One, Rob, one thing I was going to add one thing too to think about is if we'd have let Frost go and hired a coach there, there's a good chance we don't have Mickey you know, on this staff. Oh, yeah. Because um, if sure. you had hired somebody, there's no chance he's or there's not there's a chance that he wouldn't have brought him in. So you think of the recruits that he's been able to bring in. And I'm really hopeful that no matter what happens, Mickey will be here just because of his recruiting. Um, but you think if they let Frost go, there's a good chance we don't have Mickey here.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Uh, Rob, since you're the most optimistic uh, Kool-Aid drinker on the show, <laughs> yeah. and and I wouldn't ask this a, a boomer, totally but I mean, is it is there a chance that that to hockey's point, Trev's already got this locked up, and the name is some somebody that we have not even really considered because they are, are a higher profile or something that we just didn't think was even even possible, um, you know, from the get go?
4: Well, first, I think it's a name that everybody has at least said at least once or t- once or twice. That's that's, well, that's my the point of that. our draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> but no, and it is, but um, but here's my like even going back to last year and, and not firing him after last year, I don't think that the coaching pool was as large as it is this year. Right. I think you said that last week, Dave. Yeah. And so it totally didn't make cool. any sense. It it made sense to like give Frost an ultimatum, which he did Frost, I mean, after the Georgia Southern game, I, I actually told my wife who was at the game and I said, he's getting fired tomorrow. Watch. And sure enough, on the drive home, he got fired and we did our show that night. And it was probably mm-hmm. one of the largest watch shows we've ever done. Um, you know, so it just shows how unified the fan base was at that point, like knowing it had to be done. So I, I actually can't think of a better time for Trev to have fired Frost, quite frankly, in in retrospect, um, as far as the new coach goes, I think it's going to be named that that's been tossed out there by just about everyone out there. Um, it, it, I have a feeling and, you know, listening to like sip talk on his show, um, a little bit, you know, that guy for for all that's said and done about all the people out there one he's been one of the quieter ones about the coaching talk but one of the things that I did hear him say is that we will probably have an announcement on Saturday with a press conference on Sunday after the Iowa game and it's been that tight-lipped and I know that a lot of people are saying you know a a lot of stuff out there I think it's going to be somebody I I think it's going to be like and oh my God, I can't believe this actually happened. Kind well, of, we'll throw
1: thing. a name out. Let's have fun with it, Rob. Let's
4: I think it's. I, an, I think it might only... be Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I really so, do. So Lane's I, obviously been rumored with Auburn. With Auburn, but maybe two, that's the smoke, and it's actually the fire. I do, I, I do. You. I think after, um, and especially if he loses the Mississippi State this weekend. But I mean the, uh, but yeah, but I, I do. I think it's going to be Lane Kiffin. I just, I don't know why, man. I just have this weird, this weird feeling, and, and it's not just because I picked him in our draft. You know, and because he's a because because I hated him as the Raiders coach. I mean, come on, he kicked. He tried to attempt like a seventy-five yard field goal once. But now with that right new there. kid, well, that was Sebastian the past, Janikowski. Guy, that kid I might be never. able to kick a seventy-five right. yard field.
1: Goal. Uh, honky, if there was a dark horse, that would just be your 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 dream hire at this point that people have really given up, but you would you would love to see who would that be
2: oh i'm not good at this um i will throw no it you're not there. well i mean this is, i don't i don't enjoy this conversation dave well why don't you it throw it okay. to jared
1: then let jared do yeah. it
2: so Jerry you do yeah. it
3: if if it's the guy i think i don't think it'll be announced saturday because i think he'll be in the conference championship game but uh i would love to see fickle but i think that mm. it's been so quiet mm. about him and mm-hmm. i think that is kind of suspicious that his name it, as good as he too. is, his name not to have been at the top of these lists and mingled in there, it's really suspicious to me. So, yeah. I would think that would be one reason if we don't hear Saturday or Sunday after the Iowa game, it's because, kind of like Frost, when we hired him, you know, we had to kind of wait that week for him to play in that game and it got announced during the, the conference championship game for UCF that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I would love to see Fickle. I don't know. Like I said, I think his dream job is Ohio State. So, But but not going to come
1: open anytime soon, I don't think.
2: What I think is that there's uh, for me, it's not about predicting who the one guy is. I think that there's a number of good names out there that any one of them I could be really happy with. And Fickle certainly falls into that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you hear Kleiman's name from K-State. And I've heard some people on Twitter, you know, talk about how that somehow hiring K-State's coach would be beneath us. Are you kidding me? I mean, I think he'd be an outstanding coach here. I, I am not beyond Mickey still, just as, a, as you know, not to not to feed too much of the the flames of a, what Lars was saying there, but it could be Mickey still. Um, there's a number of coaches I think that could fit. And one of the things to give maybe a more historical, you know, viewpoint on it is that, you know, we've talked about this with uh, Mike Babcock when we had him on here and we did the Nebraska-Oklahoma history. We talked about Devaney, and Devaney wasn't the first option at Nebraska. And so nope. – Know Pete Carroll, you know, he was probably about seventh or eighth on the USC list, and so I don't know who was number one or who is number one on Trev's list. I don't know if Nick Saban wasn't number
1: one for Alabama,
2: no. And I don't know if we'll get the number one guy on Trev's list. We may, we may not, we may never find out who was number one on it. It really doesn't matter. We know that we got the number one guy on Bill Moose's list, and it led to five seasons of, of you know, really bad losing football i mean You're at worse the football end of
1: the day. since the 50s yeah.
2: and so it, it, i don't want i think the main thing to remember is that whenever that announcement comes so it's going to come on saturday or it's going to come on sunday or whenever it does we don't win or lose football games on that day we the the, the success of that coach is not going to be known that day it's going to come a year and two and three down the road and this is mm-hmm. where i think at, i've changed as a fan and And I think as fans, when when Frost got hired and we we it was hard not to get sucked into it. It was hard not to get sucked into the uh, I hope the the Big Ten has to adjust to us press conference. But that press conference, we we won a national championship. We're going to win national championships because, you know, that day we were going to win them. And, And we and we started judging and creating the 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 expectations off of that day. And this is going to be, it's not that we can't have some success even fairly quickly and, and success means get to a bowl game. Right. But thanks Boomer. But regardless, <laughs> regardless, I mean, this is going to be something that we're not going to know about for another year or two. What, what kind of coach we got? Yeah. Um, no yeah who it is? Right. No who, yeah. So Boomer, don't be too uh, high or too low based off of whoever the higher. Yeah, and the thing I would throw out Rob-
3: too is I really trust Trev. Like I, I do trust Trev with this. And so I, like, if it was Bill Moose making this decision, I mean, Frost, he didn't interview anybody else. Frost was the only candidate, right? I mean, that's who everybody wanted. So I trust Trev with this decision. It's kind of like what said. Whoever he chooses, I'm going to fully back and hope it works out.
1: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll fully back him, but I, you the hire of Mark Whipple might be at his feet, too. So, uh, <laughs> Rob, do you want to say something?
4: Yeah, the, as I was saying that I thought it was going to be Lane Kiffin, an article, actually, a notification on my phone popped up about Lane Kiffin actually sat down and spoke with his team, confirming with them that he is not going to Auburn. So
0: Kiffin to Nebraska
4: confirmed. Did he say not Nebraska too? Well, he just Mm -hmm. said that he hadn't accepted any other coaching (laughs) jobs, but it was directly to the Auburn rumor. So,
1: All right. So Boomer, uh, before we uh, maybe move to the bedcast, you're like maybe dark horse. No one's talking about or not talking enough about guy that might resurface.
5: Well, uh, you know, Luke Fickle would probably be the more ideal one. I do find it odd that he hasn't come up in any coaching conversation, whether it's Nebraska or Auburn or Colorado or any of the other big power five schools that are open. You know, he makes good money at Cincinnati. He's doing good things there. They're joining the Big 12 next year. Maybe he's content to just wait out there until, you know, Ohio State comes open. He's not a you know he's not an old guy. He's, what, 40-something, I would imagine. He's not a very old coach. Yeah. So yeah, maybe he thinks time. he can wait there. I don't know. But it does seem odd he hasn't popped up for anything. And as quiet as his coaching search has been, you know, that could be a possibility. A little subterfuge there. Uh, you know, it, some of the other names that pop up that, you know, kind of popped up early you haven't heard anything from, like uh, Dave Doran from NC State you know, seems quiet. Would he be the type that, you know, he's not a splashy hire, but he kind of checks some of the boxes that Trev wants and gives you something to build on. I don't know. So certainly some possibilities
1: there. So.
3: Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. When Vegas, year mentioned uh, conference championship games, I thought he was going towards Chris Kleiman. Mm-hmm. He's not really a dark horse per se, but he's definitely resurfaced recently. And K State is going to be in the big, big 12 championship game. So, I mean, I, I mean, Rob, I hear you simple saying it's going to be on Saturday. I mean, Saturday. I mean, there's a ton of games being played on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and so I just don't get if it's a sitting coach, how how likely it is, unless it is Lane Kiffin because Miss, he plays, plays on Thursday, on Thursday night.
4: Thursday. Yeah.
1: Um. But, I, I I mean, if it's someone like Kleiman, um, you know who's a very realistic Kleiman, option at this point. His
3: best friend is the AD at K-State. That's his best yeah, friend. And, Heard that,
1: that he might be retiring at some point. Oh, really? Oh, okay, I did not but, hear that. Yeah. Gene that's Taylor won't be there forever, I guess. Yep. Right? I don't know. Well, one thing I'll throw um,
2: out is with Mickey. If it was Mickey, wouldn't it already be announced? That's that's I mean, the thing. It, I don't, is if there? It's Mickey
3: would have been. It had. It would have been to me. If it was Mickey, they would have done it before the Minnesota game.
2: Yeah. Is there? That's well, a, is there any advantage to waiting until Saturday after the the Iowa game if it no. was going to be Mickey and and? No, I don't think so either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the. So, I mean, I, I kind of right now, to be honest with you. I mean, I, you asked me earlier, Dave, a name. I I'm not, I can't even give a name. I don't want to give a name, but I kind of get the feeling. Honestly, I think Trev already has the guy.
5: I think I think the no, name is already. True. I think now, it's. I think is it's there a a coach's name that's popped up a lot that you would absolutely not want? I know we all say we trust Trev. I've been burned enough times by athletic directors. So I'm going to wait and see yeah. before I trust anything they do. Is there a coach that if they got hired, you're just kind of eh. P.J. Fleck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: one, uh, yeah. A yeah. yeah. lot of people – I, guess we've heard, I mean, Twitter
1: is ridiculous, guys. Let's yeah. so all face it, no, right? right. Whatever, Nikki like, no, no, was right no. today in his pressure to stay off of Twitter. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. you'll read one guy saying, like, you know, if Lance, Lance is hired, I'll quit – quit being a fan and the next uh, guy's like Lance yeah. is my guy right and yeah. it's like dude i mean like and like i was listening to eyes on the big you mentioned um you know meeting a lot of people on twitter eyes on the big uh 10 uh podcast with Jeffrey the Greek and yeah. you know there he was like i've been i've been you know you know hearing from the, all these nebraska fans they had hate um rule being the head coach and i'm like who are you listening to yeah. most people i've heard would would think yeah. that rule would be a good hire um and so it's just like, you know, it's whoever you're, you're listening to on your feed and whatnot, you know, it's just utterly ridiculous.
2: I would venture to say that it, to, this isn't answering your question, Boomer. But what I would say is every coach, every name that comes up almost unanimously, nobody is unanimous. There's going to be somebody. Yeah, there's, there's, there's somebody, not a frost. Yeah, yeah. Not a frost. The closest Luke Fickle thing might be the best. Be Fickle. Yeah. I think yeah. Fickle's yeah. the closest. Fair and people people some of that's just that. because he's done really well. And he also just he, he hasn't blown up enough at any point to, to have too much baggage. Urban Meyer is a unbelievable coach with an unbelievable record, but the guy brings so much baggage with him that I've heard, I've heard equal amounts of people that would sit there and say, I'd never be a fan again. If urban Meyer, you know, because they're so yeah. turned off by, by, you know, the things that we know that has gone on within mm-hmm. at time. So you know, I, I get it, and, and that's what Trev has to balance. I think the, to the point of a year ago, should we have fired Frost a year ago? Trev had to balance some of those things back then too. It's not just an '80s decision. I do trust in Trev, and yet at the same token, it's not always just the '80s decision to go and make a change right now. Because if you have got big boosters that really support a coach, and you venture, you know, maybe you lose the big boosters if you make it a move a year ago. That you have to you have to factor those things in. There's a lot of moving parts. So when somebody made that comment earlier that on Sunday night. Uh, Trev was at, uh, the champions club talking with boosters. I'm, probably was, I'm sure he was, he's going to talk to a lot of people and that's part of the 70 day search is that you're going to make sure you have vetted it with, you know, a couple weeks ago, are, are they talking with board of regents? Do they know what the budgets are going to be? Do they have the, 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 the big booster approval? Do they, ha- you know, are the, uh, is the coach that's going to come here? Does he want to come here? What about the? We've talked about vetting families of the coaches. Do they want to come here? Or is is this going to be a thing where it's such a culture shock for whoever the coach is that you know a year mm-hmm. or two into it they're going to want to leave Lincoln? All those things. You've got 70 days to get it right. And at the end of the day, I just want to make sure that that Trev gets it right. And and I trust, I do trust in what Trev is doing. Over these seventy days, that he he's going to talk to a lot of people, that he's going to take the, the the right steps, and and the success we're going to find out in a couple of years if it's if it works out or not. Yeah.
3: And I think the OC yeah. and the DC are just as important as the head Absolutely. coach. Like I think yeah. with Frost, when we look back at that, and we think mm-hmm. Frost was the right guy, but man, the staff he brought that was probably the bigger issue. He should have yeah. had a much more mature OC, a much more mature DC that would have come a special teams coach um you know any of that stuff that that's the stuff where we took frost for granted and just thought oh this guy knows what he's doing we're just going to freewheel it and there should have been a lot yep. more vetting going on absolutely
1: agree that'd be one of the downfalls of lance leipold that i i i just really could be concerned with him bringing that offensive and defensive coordinator that been with him the whole way obviously he has been successful but As we know, I think uh, Big Ten um, is is a little bit different, and it's a really high level of coaching here, and you can easily get out-coached real quick. Um, How about Jeff Munkin? Is is anybody freaked out or excited about Jeff Munkin that's been a name out there this week?
5: It would be an odd hire, I would think. You know, I'd, Army's I, I know coach, some people right, might uh, be excited yeah. he'd bring the
3: triple option here, but I, I think he would no. be better than to try to institute yeah. that. And, he I think do. Dave, I that. that goes right back to what you just said about like, – yeah. I mean, he's doing it in the Naval Academy. or, or I'm sorry, he's Army. an Army, yeah. right? I'm sorry, mm-hmm. an Army. But he's, yeah. he's not going against the Big Ten. And you're going against guys that are – in the military, and we're very thankful for them, but mm. it ain't the Big Ten. And so, what and about I, I, that? I have statement? seen some
5: people suggest, you know, kind of like the Eric Biatti thing. Oh, he can bring you know his brother Todd
2: Monk and along with him to be yeah. OC. Yeah. Well, he's OC at Georgia. That's <laughs> right. going to be a tough
5: fry <laughs> you, you know,
2: what about that? By the way, we we played a little bit of the uh, the Mickey uh, press conference today. To me, it felt like a press conference of a coach talking like he's going to be here because he was talking in instructive kind of ways about. um, things he learned over the last few months one of those things being that it's important to have big 10 experience here it's important for whoever's coming in here that they have some of that i mean he recognizes that and and this is it's one of the important reasons to keep a mickey around and, and one or two or three of these coaches that have been through this and, and not everything is bad right now so there's things to keep yeah. um we're not we don't need to to do a, a third straight 100 reboot of everything, but. Uh, um, I, I thought that that press conference was really good. Mickey really being in a thoughtful way, thinking back over the things he's learned, the things that he's appreciated last few months, and everything. And 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 he has left the program in a better spot than what he took it over. 100%. And uh, that's going to benefit whoever the next guy is. So, anyways, I think that was good. I think I think Jared wants to talk a little betcast, guys. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, let's do it. This is going to be an elite betcast, donkey. Fire
2: Absolutely. away. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to take off here, guys. Enjoy uh-huh. the betcast. Go. Thanks, hon- <laughs>
1: the bedcast
0: picks of the week
1: all right all right well uh vegas jerry you're definitely the, the guest in the house here and we need all the help we can get we did not it's have a good week oh rob you actually won last week I did that's win. right that's right man yeah. the big game i oh, took cal okay. to they take home the action they did what was that Jerry? let's see uh,
3: dave's been doing okay in the the yahoo Pick'em. haven't you been doing okay in that uh, yeah,
4: I think I mean
1: probably what top twelve or
4: something okay. like that. I, I, I forgot to do my picks like four weeks ago and so I just quit. I remember so my <laughs> first time. <laughs> and, I haven't uh, done no okay. picks in
1: weeks. Oh god. In god. the in the um the best bets, I think I'm eight and five overall. Rob's probably a little over five hundred maybe now.
4: I think I'm probably as close to your record as I am. Do you think anything. so? Yeah. All because right, I, started like, I started out like I started out like three or four and oh or something like that. And I've gotten like the last three or four weeks done. So all
1: Which right. All right. Boomers had a Skip's had a rough year in the sense that he's actually pretty much quit giving us best bets. Um, but uh Vegas Jerry, you know, when we first do it did the bet cast, you were we actually were reading off some of your bets. Um yeah. before we really knew you. Um yeah. but now you're on the show. Uh so I'll let you um uh start off is there um the place you want to go uh, this yeah week. i got two um, games
3: i really like this week actually i love minnesota at wisconsin i think they're uh, three-point dogs is the last time i saw um i'm gonna do a little asterisk on this um i've got a gut feeling that mo might not play in that game i think mo might be done mm. um yeah. trying to save his legs and not playing a bowl game or something like yeah. that so if mo plays i think they're going to um I think they're going to do really well against that Wisconsin team, running the ball, controlling it. Um, and then the other t- team I like is Kansas State. I think they're at Kansas. Is that right? Or they, No, Kansas
4: is, right? is at Kansas okay. State. Okay,
3: so I like Kansas State, and I think they're 10 and a half, I think is what I saw, maybe mm-hmm. – a little it, bit more than that well um, i like uh, kansas state. 11, 11
1: and a half now 11 yeah, and a half so i
3: like now, kansas state kansas yeah. lost their quarterback and they have not been the same since he went down and um kansas state now with their backup quarterback he's just been phenomenal i mean adrian was awesome too but this new guy they've got in there can just sling the ball so i literally like both of those teams i probably do a little parlay on those All
1: okay, right. that's good so i, I thought um uh, Jaden Daniels, is that right, Boomer? Uh, Kansas uh, QB. I thought he was back against Texas, even though they got routed.
5: Uh, I don't recall. I didn't watch a whole lot of that game. I, was, yeah, kind of
1: um, man, I thought uh, he was off
3: the sure, year. Maybe I was out. wrong. Yeah.
1: Was wasn't much to look at. That's for yeah, certain. That was that surprising was, yeah. for certain. Um, but, yeah. So, all right. All right. That's good. Um, and, Boomer, as we run off some of these games, uh, let's have some fun with uh, identifying which ones are actually – Rivalry games would actually have a have a good name to them, right? I don't know. Does
2: oh,
1: K yeah. State, actually have a have a name to that game?
5: I don't think they have a name. I assume they play for something, don't they? Yeah. so Minnesota's the
3: Axe, so yeah. Well, the axe I, the a, I think yeah, well, so of the one,
4: axe. One, of, one of the games that I really like this this well, week the Governor's is, Cup for is uh, State. That's right. USC and, and Notre Dame, which I believe is called the Parents' Pockets Game. No. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> very that's for <horrible>, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> they play for a shillelagh, don't they? I have. Don't, I have don't no mock idea. a shillelagh
1: game, Rob. But
4: not, uh, not, not a good idea. USC is a is a five point favorite over Notre Dame in this game, and they just got told that they were number six in the in the uh, playoff um, rankings behind a two loss LSU. Um, so, and they just came out. You know, while LSU just played, um, like I think it was just like you know, Arkansas state community college last week or something like that. And um, USC just came off a really nice win over UCLA. Right. So yeah, um, it was a great game. I think you, I think USC um, one, it's a big rival game in Notre Dame. Um, I've seen the four horsemen show lately, Rob. The the jewel jewel <laughs> yeah. Like I said, the parents pockets game. Um, and, <laughs> and I don't know. I just think I I just feel like USC is going to come out with something to prove. Notre Dame is like I said, like they've actually kind of been on a roll since I said that they were the biggest surprise as far as disappointments go this year for me. Um, I think they've won like four in a row since then. But I think that stops now. Um, I think USC is probably I would I would give them at least like a two score win on this one minimum. All right. Caleb Williams locks up the Heisman. Oh God. Did you see that UCLA game? That was probably one of the most fun like football games that I've watched yeah, in a crazy. really long time. That was a great game. Yeah. And neither one of those quarterbacks was to blame. It was almost like that Oklahoma Texas game last year, right? Like where it it was just offensive explosion. Um Q the whatever our in intro thing. But yeah, it was it was amazing. Um and he looked so good. He looks so good. I I I kind of want the Raiders to draft him, so There you go. (laughs) I think he's got another year left, too. He does. uh, He does. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens.
3: Lincoln Riley is the quarterback whisperer. There's no question about that.
1: That's the truth. Boomer, what's on your board today?
3: Well,
5: uh, this team's burned me two weeks in a row by blowing up my picks. So this time I'm going with them. But Arkansas is a three-point favorite at Missouri. I think Arkansas is kind of on a roll, and I think uh, they can do better than three points there. That is the – ever popular battle line trophy introduced in a 2015 ish or so, which very uh, creatively done, they glued an outline of a uh, Missouri and Arkansas together and wrote battle line on it. So yeah,
4: <laughs> not a I think my hard, daughter but, made that trophy actually. Yeah. Yeah. She so was what do you one
5: expect from the, the the Johnny come late, at least to the SCC? And and
4: the, just, the LSU, uh, Arkansas
1: yeah. one is pretty good because it's the boot. That's a bit. They put
5: a little effort to that one, but this like Missouri's
1: just like a like an extension of that. It's like pretty much, yeah. They (laughs) can be like a knee high
5: if they really wanted to. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's not a great Uh, trophy, but I think that's a pretty good bet this week. So Arkansas screwed me twice, but let's go for it. All right, do me some good.
1: We've got a lot of action coming on here, or quick because of the uh, the holiday, right? So, Rob, your point: the Egg Bowl. Uh, between Ole Miss and Mississippi State is on Thanksgiving evening. and I would, um, I would
4: like to point out that the Egg Bowl, the original Egg Bowl, or could be one of the original, is actually the Petaluma High School Trojans versus the no, Casa Grande no. High School Gauchos because Petaluma no. is known as the egg basket of the world, and we play the okay. Egg Bowl in that game every single year. Back to Mississippi State and Ole this okay. is probably <laughs> playing
1: football before Petaluma was even founded. Um, are yeah. Odds are good. Uh, <laughs> Ole Miss is actually a less than a field goal favorite here, only two and a half points um, over under 59. I'm probably going to put some money on this because it's Thanksgiving evening and, you know, you want to be entertained. Anybody uh, you got a take on the Egg Bowl? I don't your trust like anymore
5: at all, and I've learned you know. never to trust Mississippi State over the years, so I wouldn't touch that with anything. So. I'd probably bet the Mississippi State because Lane's booking his ticket to
3: Lincoln probably, so he's not really into the coaching thing. <laughs> <laughs> what if we get Mike Leach?
1: Yeah.
3: Hey, oh. the interview room would be amazing. <laughs> it would be funny. Yeah.
1: It would be. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been burned by Ole Miss the uh, last couple of weeks, but I think that's a short number. I feel like it, Ole Miss at home uh, can beat Mississippi State by three, so that I might where where I put some money. How about a very plucky Georgia Tech team uh, with an interim coach who has actually, I think, gone like four and three or something like that as interim and yes. probably has a legit shot of getting that that job now. Uh, getting 35, a full full five touchdowns there um, against a Georgia team that doesn't need to beat them by 35. They just, I mean, last week they won by 10 against Kentucky and no one really questions it. Now, if you look like trending-wise, Georgia has just blown the doors off of Georgia Tech the last four or five years. But um, with an intern coach and Georgia maybe not being that motivated to, to risk anybody in the second half, and you think there's a backdoor
4: cover sitting there? A lot of points. Yeah, there's a lot of points. Fun fact that um, the over-under in the Nebraska Iowa game is 38 and a half, so it's actually the spread for that game is almost as big as the over-under for our game this week. Um, (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Jerry, since we have you on here, and we'll consider
1: you a a betting expert, um, do you, when you look at those totals, over-unders, do you really uh, key in on, on key numbers, numbers that are uh, common, uh, point totals. And just, yeah, like you know,
3: if they're going to fall on certain. I, I do a little bit. I, to be honest, I, what I look a lot of times is the teams that are playing What their team totals are going to be like, if I were yeah. betting that Iowa game, there's no way I'm betting over on 38. Cause I don't know how Nebraska is getting to 10 points probably against that defense in my opinion. Yeah. Now, I mean, yeah. it could happen, but if, if I'm betting the odds, I think, you know, I was probably scoring 24 and we're maybe at nine. So, you know, that's getting close to it, but I don't see how we're getting to 38 there. So that that's more – when I look at betting that, that's what I more look at, what the teams do for scoring. And um, sometimes you get that discrepancy with – you can bet the team totals now is a big thing out in Vegas. And yeah. And sometimes the team totals don't jive with what you're looking at on that total number. So sometimes they kind of give away what you're looking at. So –
1: yeah. Yeah. They don't move as fast.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um Iron Bowl, Auburn, Alabama. Um, it's in Tuscaloosa, uh, Alabama, 22 point favorites. Um, This is, they've been favored by this as much before. Auburn obviously almost beat them last year. Any thoughts on the Iron Bowl guys?
5: It's
4: not yeah, the
1: first I, time in
5: a long while. The Iron Bowl just has real no Grand meaning mm-hmm. to the landscape of college football, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird. So, yeah, ahead, I, yeah,
4: I was just, I was just gonna say that that's a game where I would never give. I, I mean, I that's almost like a take Auburn just on a, you know, on principle alone because I don't. When I mean, I don't. I'm not looking at any of the scores there, but like every time I think of that game, I think of it being a lot closer Scrappy. than 22 mm-hmm. points. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially yep. with an Alabama team that basically. It's, isn't playing for the playoffs. I hope, um, yeah, you know, and Auburn, you know, just hates Alabama, so it's it's just one of those things. Do they? I mean, Interesting. I mean I, yeah. <laughs> tell me more, Rob, called football historian. <laughs> well, I'm just, you know, it's uh, again. 20, my point is, 22 points is a lot for a game like that. So, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um,
1: a couple more in the SEC that stood out to me that I thought maybe there's some value in. Is uh, number six LSU? To your point, Rob, of USC feeling jilted a little bit. LSU trying to legitimize legitimize their their run to the college football playoff um, at nine and two. Going to College Station, a team that's clearly quit. They they could barely. They just, was the was the UMass game was like twenty to three or something? Twenty or something. to three, yeah, it's yeah. Like-
5: <laughs> was it even tied at halftime? It was something ridiculous. Yeah, it was. Not, it's unbelievable. Not a good They're game. only
1: getting, it's not 10 now. I I got it at nine and a half, but I'm like, really? LSU is only going to win by, by 10 points against the team that's completely given up on Jimbo. Uh, a, a number almost stinks. It feels like to me.
5: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know what to, what to make of that line there.
0: Yeah.
1: I get it. Maybe LSU, obviously they haven't been that explosive offensively and, and uh, you know, but boy, it just seems like that's that's closer than what you'd think. Um, Tennessee Vanderbilt, uh, Tennessee only a two touchdown favorite. I know Vanderbilt just beat Florida at home. This is that oh, Vanderbilt wait, again. On,
5: I, I think uh, the Gamecocks just scored again. So <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Hendon Hooker is injured. So yeah, I guess man, maybe I guess that I, I guess I, I I buy into that one. Mm. What about the Apple Cup going out west? Uh, newly uh, minted contract with De DeBoer, only two point favorites over Wazoo. This is in Pullman, which probably means it's um going to be and it's night, so it's probably gonna be freezing yeah. cold and miserable. And
5: well, he's got his money, he can take the rest of the season off now, so <laughs> That's how that works. Yeah.
4: I think, I think Boomer, what did you say earlier? It's a guaranteed loss now because he just signed his extension, so yeah,
5: that was honky that said that in yeah. our text thread, yep. So, yeah. kind of how that works. You got your money, you can call it quits, so
1: yep yep all Let's right well name, obviously
5: about uh what about oregon yep. oregon state the uh civil war for the uh, platypus the trophy no less the platypus know. trophy
4: platypus yeah. trophy which is what tell me something about petaluma rob please it's, no 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 no, oregon no. Ducks, oh ducks, i get state it now beavers. the ducks and the beavers yeah, okay beavers. i get it now I, they, I they I go, get go it.
5: out they hit the bar they make <laughs> some bad decisions one night get
2: uh, I'm sure
1: yeah. if there's a house divided there, I'm sure that's a running joke with the kids. Oh, oh look at the
5: platypus. A bunch of kids running around in platypus outfits. Yeah,
3: It's
2: great. Uh, Do you
3: guys yeah, have any you know, John, on,
2: where's parents?
3: I was going to ask you if you guys had any thoughts on the Michigan Ohio State game. I thought that number was kind of really odd. I thought it'd be a lot closer number than that. It's to 10 and a right. half. Like, so I don't know.
5: Yeah, or Michigan's injuries to running backs. So, two, so the, the look ahead left, line, right?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. The look-ahead line before last week's game was eight, actually. Okay. So you could have got this at plus eight, and it's still at plus seven and a half right now. Um, And so the question is, is Blake Corum healthy? and yeah. is, he, is he playing? So, I mean, it seems like they're expecting him to play because that's about the same number. I think if he was going to be out, I think this line would have already f- floated to, to 10 or so. I just can't Um,
3: stop thinking about last year's game and Michigan's O line just annihilated Ohio State. I mean, it just they just marched on them. So I just I don't know. I just that that is such a fishing line to me.
4: Yeah, and over under on that's only fifty six too, which it you know that one seems a little weird too because I can see this becoming a kind of a high scoring. You know event well, but,
1: michigan is going to try to take the air out of the game but i was going to say but i wouldn't be out. surprised
4: if michigan tried to just go for you know time of possession on this yeah. one and and so i i mean i guess is this the one where i can say i'm not going to touch it with a big foot or a big, or 10, big foot 10 foot pole yep. yeah
5: or you also have the option of the other big 10 west clash purdue at indiana for the old oaken bucket mm. which could help decide the west so
1: the Purdue old went, Oaken bucket. And the
3: the point favorite. So, do you think we yeah. can pull this up? And Indiana just beat Michigan State. So, they they're coming off. Yeah. Which I'm shocked with. That's so wow. stunning to me. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get that either. Michigan's so have...
1: 24 to 7. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: I will say this my best bet of we're the year, my, actually my biggest bet in college football this year was the Michigan State under. I just, there yeah. was their line was, it was seven seven and a half, I think. And it was just, there's no way they were winning eight games. So, I, uh, I pounded that and so that was a good winner for me
1: yeah yeah i i mine is probably the colorado under mm. <laughs> i got it at like three and i'm like seriously these guys are gonna win three games yeah they gave money <laughs> they, they, that was free money yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah
1: i know and then I, uh skip actually was all over the nevada um um under and he's okay. gonna hit that i yeah. i had a little bit on that but he put a lot on it nice. and i mean it's like this awful teams, you know, I've got
3: another big bet on Minnesota over. They've got to beat Wisconsin in order for me to hit it. So their number was seven and a half and they need to, so they need to beat Wisconsin to get there. So, man, I was
4: listening to some local radio today about Colorado football and just the whole thing with like NIL and their donors and how, and, you know, these are like local guys that are pretty in tune with the program, just talking about how so many of the large donors for Colorado have completely jumped ship. Like, No season tickets anymore. Like they've like, they have like empty suites there that they're basically like giving away in some of the, in some of the areas and no money coming into that program. They like, they're like, well, I don't know how they expect to hire any kind of big name in coaching because, you know, they have to get it approved through the state of Colorado essentially to pay this guy. And they don't have any money in the football program to pay this guy anything extra. So it's man, what a program! Like fall from grace. Like if we don't destroy them next year with our new coach and everything, then I am pretty I much I may never watch college football again. Yeah, oh like. the, the two
1: names I've heard rumored at Colorado have been Bronco and Tom Herman. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, uh, Boomer, I I mentioned one other Big Ten rivalry just because of the 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 trophy: uh, Michigan State, Penn State.
5: Oh God. That's one of the finest trophies ever invented. I, I know we showed pictures of it before, and holy crap, that was one of those. Oh my god, this trophy is due tomorrow. Find stuff in the storage closet and glue it together. A land up.
1: grant trophy. Yeah, a land
5: grant trophy. It's got like a, a whole oh. Bunch I can't of even stuff. explain to you how bad this looks. We'll we'll post some pictures of that in our Twitter feed, just so you can. What's everybody the line on that game day? Just the sheer awfulness of that trophy. It's a Eighteen. Yeah, it's, wow. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it is not a good trophy, folks. If you thought they in, in Happy Valley. And, yeah, if you thought the Heroes and Freedom Trophy were bad, you ought to see that thing. So, yeah, it's, it, it's not good,
1: yeah. Man. Uh, all right, guys, Any, anything else out there that um, you're itching to bet?
5: No, that's about it. And then we're still to nope. get ready for championship weekend and bowl season, so.
1: Mm-hmm. All righty. Yeah, and, and we'll see if we have a, a coaching – Ah, uh, show um, either this uh, this Sunday Monday or the following Sunday Monday. It's going to happen eventually. Well, and you, um, Dave,
4: the transfer portal opens on December fifth. Yep, like that's that when it starts. Correct. So I would think yeah, we we need quick. to have our new yeah. coach in ASAP to kind of get everything established for that. Right? I,
1: ideally, I, no doubt yeah. about it. Yeah, but I mean, again, if if this goes back to my money premise too, like if Trev has done a thorough search and has identified someone they're not like. Chris Kleiman as his guy and he's he's got him lined up and he's like, Oh, I can't do that because I can't wait till December third to hire him. <laughs> that's that's the wrong mentality, right? I mean, you're yes, you're maybe gonna lose some transfer portal um, you know, guys from Nebraska and vice versa, but get the coach first and then figure it out, right? But I I agree. You want him on board if you can, but if it ends up being a guy that you can't get till um the following Saturday, so be it. That's yeah, and take. if
3: Mickey's on board, obviously if he's going to be sticking yeah. around, he can definitely do some of that dirt, dirty work when it comes to the transfer portal yeah. and stuff like that.
1: At least keep your guys here, right? You know, yeah, and for f- sure. Figure out the the opposite. All right, guys. Um, well, are we ready for some parting shots? Sure. Excellent, uh, Rob. Why don't you take us away?
4: Um, once again, I'd like to thank uh, everybody in Nebraska for a wonderful weekend. My son cannot wait to go back. Um, even after watching it, he said, Hey dad, can we go back next time? Uh, so I can see them win. Um, and. We had a great I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Gary, uh, our, our, our avid listener and friend of the program, Gary, who, who um, gave me his tickets for the game. There were great seats. Uh, we got to stay warm in, in weather where it said 30 degrees, but it was probably closer to like 11 with the wind chill factor. Um, you know, I'd like to thank everyone that came out on Friday night for the live show. We had a great time. We had a great time sitting around afterwards, just hanging out, having some drinks with the guys and just um, doing a little bit of karaoke. Mac has an amazing voice. If you ever get to hear his thing. Oh my God, that guy was, was incredible. Um, You know, and again, I'd like to thank all of our listeners because without you, there is no us. And, uh, you know, remember that Husker football does not build character. It reveals it.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Good grief. All right. (laughs) Uh, Boomer, what do you got for me?
5: Well, mine is just kind of a, a throwback to the uh, Nebraska-Wisconsin game uh, during the broadcast. Uh, ESPN uh, color guy Quint Kessenich he had a little piece on George Flippin, where he talked about uh, integration in Nebraska football, and he had mentioned that, after 1910 or so, we didn't have any, you know, an integrated team. And I just kind of wanted to bring up that that's not entirely true. We actually did have uh, an integrated team into the teens under uh, George, uh, or excuse me. Um, under Coach Steam, uh, with uh, Clinton Ross, he was actually a player, uh, a well noted player on the team uh, for most of Jumbo Steam's uh, uh, rosters. He played primarily left guard. He played tackle. He was uh, very large for the time. He was about two hundred to two hundred twenty pounds, which you know is a modern day podcaster size. But back in the day of football, yeah, uh, Steam's <laughs> teams were about average, about one sixty to one eighty. So he was wow. considered a very large player. Uh, he was very. Very eloquent, very good at his job. Uh, he led a lot of pep rallies. Um, as far as the team goes, very popular on campus, and he faced a lot of the same challenges that George Flippin did when it came to playing other teams. Uh, Missouri often refused to let him play down there because of the, the the barriers they had at the time, and then Kansas and Kansas State both had big uh, issues with that. Especially once uh, we started really getting good in there, Kansas, both Kansas and Kansas State in 1913 tried to protest him being allowed to play even. Uh, because of this quote-unquote gentleman's agreement they thought existed among the Missouri Valley at the time that said that they refused to play integrated teams at the time. Nebraska did actually stick to its guns in 1913 and said, you know, we're – this agreement doesn't exist. We're playing, you know, if you don't – you know, Kansas tried to claim we were trying to back out of the game by, you know, playing a player like Clinton Ross because, you know, then they wouldn't play us. And, well, we said, heck with that. We're playing, you know, with him or without him, you know, you, know, you guys can show up or not and they did fold and of course they lost both kansas and kansas state uh, to steam's team that year and uh, uh clinton ross went on to uh law school here at nebraska graduated as an attorney um practiced law here for several years went out to california had a long lengthy career there i found some articles of him you know still being posted in newspapers up until the 30s and 40s that building's still in existence where he actually uh, practiced law at if you ever happen to be in la and really is uh, that, i, I mean, of a. Uh, of uh, former Huskers, and uh, died in the 1950s, but he had uh, a storied career, and unfortunately he was the last uh, player on an integrated team at Nebraska. Uh, we did kind of cave to the unwritten rules of the Missouri Valley and then the Big Six for the longest time, and up until the 1940s, the, the Big Six had the unwritten agreement. They even tried to finalize a rule in 1946, but by that point, uh, popular opinion, at least among the students, had kind of shifted in... in in places like Nebraska, and eventually that rule did get shot down. And then uh, Charles Bryant 1952 was the first
1: Oscar uh, play on a newly integrated team. So
5: I just wanted to give that 40 a years. Out there. Yeah. somebody after, and, after
1: George. Fletcher. And he, out in California, was that LA or San Francisco? Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, All right. A history lesson. That's awesome, Boomer. Sure I appreciate it. it. <laughs> All right, Jer, uh, you can get us out of here. Yeah,
3: first off, that was awesome, Boomer. Thank you so much for doing it. That was fantastic. Uh, yeah, I got two Good parting help. shots first uh, for you guys just again. Thank you so much for doing this. I know it cannot be easy to do it all the time, especially the last few years we've had. So I really, really do appreciate you guys taking the time, effort, money that you've put into this to do this because it really does mean a lot to us fans. Um, my parting shot would be to uh, Kenzie Knuckles and Matty Kubik. They both announced today they're not coming back. Um, for their COVID year, I guess it would be. Uh, I think they both have played every game since their freshman year, or at least been part of every game, and uh, to have been here that long. And, man, I hope those girls can – ladies, I should say – ladies win that championship this year, Because especially for Nicola Names. She has just been such a stud, and um, she needs a championship. She's played in two – Uh, championship games, one against Stanford, and they lost one against Texas last year, and they lost. So I hope those uh, ladies can pull it out this year for the volleyball show and uh, get it done. But Kinsey and Maddie have just been such great ambassadors for I've got two girls, so great role models for them and for the whole state of Nebraska. So kudos to them. And we wish them the best in the tournaments as it comes up and beat Wisconsin this weekend.
1: All right, absolutely. We need that. All right, guys, great show. Had a lot of fun. Uh, Vegas Chair, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, you can do it yes. again. Absolutely. For now, let's call that a Go Big
0: Red Cast. Go Big Red. A Huda Media
2: Production.